Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a podcast providing in-depth analysis and coverage of your favorite Milwaukee Brewers by Peter and David Go. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I'm your co-host, Peter Go. What a week for the Brewers, capping off a pretty strong week with a three out of four win series against the best team in baseball, the L.A. Dodgers. Um, really felt like some playoff games there, especially those first three games. Uh, bullpen pitching well, starting pitching pitching well, um, and just some clutch hitting as well. So a fun week as Brewers continue to play well uh, without a lot of some of those big bats in the lineup. David, your thoughts on this week? I thought it was a very successful week also. Of course, dropping two out of three to the Marlins, less than ideal, but they were able to take three out of four from, like you said, maybe the best team in baseball, one of the better teams in baseball, and some outstanding wins. Might want to forget that last Sunday game, but other than that, a really good week, really good series against the Dodgers, some really good games, exciting week to cover, and I'm excited at how well the Brewers have been playing. Going forward now, we've we finished the month of April, Really happy with where the Brewers are at and excited to cover it for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summed it up right there. Brewers fans have to be very happy with where the Brewers are at at this point, uh, leading atop the NL Central. But beyond just leading atop the NL Central, uh, the team's just looked good overall. Of course, starting pitching has been well above expectations. Bullpen seems to be starting to find its footing. Um, and the offense has been uh, much better than what would be expected, given the bats that we've had in the lineup on a regular basis. So Brewers fans have to be very happy with, with what the Brewers have been able to do in the month of April, and we'll see if we can continue this on into May. So as we get going here today, uh, today's trivia question a little bit different. Uh, this was inspired by a friend of mine, Caleb, who we were at the game talking about old walk-up player songs. And so uh, today our trivia question is going to be, can you name the player who had this um, as his song during his time? As a brewer, uh, I will give you a hint. This is a former former brewer, so we'll see uh, if David can get this one. Here is uh, the clip of the audio. So, David, there you have it. What player had this as his walk-up song during his time with the Brewers? That would be Taylor Youngman. That is correct. And, that, and actually, I did forget about that one until uh, recently talking about that one. Uh, I did actually enjoy that he had that as his walk-up song, for those of you um, that don't get the connection. Obviously, Taylor Youngman uh, with the uh, young man at the beginning of the YMCA songs. So kind of ironic um, and kind of a, just a fun one. Kind of goes uh, makes me think of uh, Brenton Suter with the uh, Jurassic Park theme song is his song. Just kind of something fun, mix it up a little bit uh, than your typical uh, walk-up music that you hear. So there you go. I, I figured that'd be a pretty easy one for you. I think it would be a hard time for me to uh, to try to try to get you on a on a walk-up song. But maybe we'll we'll sprinkle those trivia questions in there every once in a while for for our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. I did hear that Alec Bettinger actually came out to uh, Country Roads today. Take me home, Country Roads. So pretty iconic song, also. Yeah, a little I, bit bold maybe for a guy making his major league debut to choose a song like that. And Corbin Burns' Friends in Low Places, another good one. Brewers have some pretty good music going, I'd say, for them. 
Yeah, well, actually, when I was at uh, your first college appearance uh, earlier this season, you came out and they were playing Country Road. And I turned back to one of your teammates who was behind me because um, I actually honestly wasn't sure if this was your walk up song or if it was just like a coincidence that they had played that song uh, when you came out. They had no clue. I, I, I'm assuming it, you didn't pick that song. No, I, I did pick that song. That is you did. My, my entrance song also for uh, for my college team. I mean, how else would you get hyped? So that makes exactly. Sense. Yeah, some people were complaining that it was a little bit too slow or too soft, but I disagree. Nothing gets me ready uh, for a game more than Country Roads. Uh, Take Me Home, Country Roads by John Denver, of course. A pretty iconic song. Uh, but we're going to go into our random player of the day for this week's episode, and that's going to be somebody we saw at uh, pitching against the Brewers at American Family Field this past weekend, a former Brewer, Jimmy Nelson, now a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He is in their bullpen so not currently having a starting spot, but he's really pitched pretty well so far. He has a 3.75 ERA and 12 appearances already, 12 innings. He struck out 17, and he's he has walked nine, uh, but that is still pretty good considering that he missed all of last year with a back injury, missed a while, of course, with that, that gruesome shoulder injury that he suffered with the Brewers. So all things considered, I think that Nelson's been pretty good out of the Dodgers bullpen. They've been using him a lot. Good to see him back. I think he's one of the guys that Brewer fans like to see succeed more than almost anyone else who's on another team. He had the, that excellent year, of course, in 2017, where he had a 3-4-9 ERA over 175 innings, struck out 199. Uh, and he, I wouldn't say carried, but propelled them to fall just one game short of the NL wildcard game. Uh, that was a little bit unfortunate or maybe more like very unfortunate the way that his season ended in mid-September sliding back into first. Perhaps another reason why we should have the universal DH. But it was fun to see Jimmy Nelson again uh, pitching in this case against the Brewers. Happy to see him succeed. Maybe not while he's in Milwaukee, but overall happy for Jimmy Nelson that he is back, back healthy again and uh, a pretty integral member of the Dodgers bullpen. Yeah, I was at that game on Friday when Nelson came in to appear out of the bullpen. And I was a little surprised and also disappointed uh, that when he was announced over the speakers that, you know, he got some cheering from Brewers fans, but I would have really liked him to see, to get a, a standing ovation. And I know he wasn't necessarily, you know, had a great, great Brewer career, but he spent a lot of time with the Brewers. And like you said, he did have a, a very good year in there as well. I uh, would have liked to see a little bit more respect from the Brewers fans. I'm not sure if they just didn't catch it. Um, or what the reason exactly was. But like I said, a little disappointed um, as a Brewer fan over the last couple of years, or really more than that, uh, I enjoyed seeing Jimmy Nelson, especially seeing him succeed. Certainly, I do think Brewers fans will be rooting for Jimmy Nelson to have a strong 2021 season. Yeah, I'm certainly there with you, Peter. I do hope that he is successful uh, and was good to see him at least pitch reasonably well. Uh, even though it did come against the Brewers, at least the Brewers were able to win both of those games. And they were able to win both of those games in spite of their injuries. They've had a growing list of players on the injured list. So we're actually going to try out a new game where I call it IL or ACT, where I name a Brewers player and you have to tell me if they're on the injured list or if they're active uh, or if they're, they're healthy, I should say. So it does include some guys maybe who have been optioned or something like that, but you have to tell me basically if they're placed on the injured list or if they're healthy. So we're just going to go right through. We got eight guys and you tell me injured list or healthy. First one, Adrian Hauser. Adrian Hauser is active. That's correct. Second one, Eric Yardley. Yardley, I believe is active. 
he actually was just placed on the injured list with a right shoulder strain on Sunday. Wow. Lorenzo Kane. Injured list. That's correct, although he should be back probably Monday or Tuesday of this week. Uh, number four, Colton Wong. Colton Wong was on the injured list, but he is back now. That's correct. Uh, number five, Zach Godley. Zach Godley made his major league debut and uh, injured his thumb trying to bunt, so he is on the injured list. That's correct. And it was actually his Brewers debut, not his major league debut, ah. uh, but was his first appearance with the Brewers. Number six, Phil Bickford. Bickford, I believe, was just option, so I believe he is active. That's correct. Uh, number seven, Manny Pina. Manny Pineapple is sitting upon the injured list. That's correct, with a fractured left great toe, according to the Brewers, uh, whatever that means. And then uh, last uh, is D Daniel Robertson. Robertson, um, I believe, is active. Uh, that's incorrect. He's on the seven-day concussion injured list. Oh, after got it. getting hit in the head with that uh, when he was attempting to bunt. I yep. think we talked about that last week. So it looks like you got, I think, six of the eight, right? So uh, pretty good. Um, it is kind of a, a mess. The Brewers have uh, a lot of guys on the injured list right now, but they have still been playing well. So they've made, because of that, they've made a lot of transaction this week. We're just going to go quick through it. We're going to sort them by position. Normally we can just go through them, but way too many. I mean, probably like 30 transactions this week. Uh, which got to be some sort of record, kind of like me in fantasy baseball uh, looking like it. <laughs> Brewers uh, option, Phil Bickford, like I said, at the beginning of the week, they actually designated him for assignment after. So uh, he's presumably on waivers right now. Haven't heard anything from that, but will this week. They recalled and then optioned and then recalled again Patrick Weigel, who they received in the Orlando Arcia trade. From the Braves, he made his major league debut over the past week. I think he appeared in two or three games, including on Sunday. Zach Godley was recalled, like you mentioned, placed on the 10-day IL then with a right finger contusion. Alec Bettinger was recalled and made his major league debut on Sunday. Unfortunately, did not go how he wanted. I think he went like three or four innings, 11 runs, allowed a couple of grand slams. He presumably will be optioned back out at some point soon, uh, but hopefully he gets another option sometime. Hopefully he gets another opportunity sometime soon. Jordan Zimmerman was recalled. That was actually an interesting story. He had decided he was going to opt out of his contract and retire. Drove back home, actually, to Eagle River, Wisconsin. And then after that, he got a call from the Brewers that he was going to be called back up to the major leagues. And so he decided to make that drive down from Eagle River to Milwaukee and made it there, made his Brewers debut on Sunday. Didn't go very well either, uh, but he was excited to be back in the majors. The big news of the week, Corbin Burns placed on the injured list. Uh, apparently with the health and safety protocols, likely he tested positive for COVID or was uh, direct exposure to it. Don't know when he'll be back. Not really a timetable, but shouldn't be more than a week or two. Eric Lauer was recalled, made a good start against the Dodgers. And then, like I said, Eric Yardley placed on the 10-day injured list. So that's just the pitchers. We've got the catchers. Jacob Nottingham uh, was claimed off waivers by Seattle on Monday. We're going to kind of go through this as a timeline. Manny Pena but then was then placed on the injured list uh, just a day later with a fractured great toe. Luke Maley was recalled because of that. Narvaez was then placed on the injured list, I think Friday or Saturday with a strained left hamstring. Narvaez should be out probably about two weeks and Pena should be back, I would think by the end of this week. 
Mario Feliciano actually was recalled, drew a big walk in Saturday's game, but was optioned back out when they reacquired Nottingham from the Mariners on Sunday for cash consideration. So that was nice to see Nottingham back. And he actually hit two home runs in that Sunday game. Maybe the only silver lining of that terrible game. Daniel Robertson was placed on the seven-day concussion injured list, like I had mentioned. And Corey Ray came up and then was sent back down to AAA. Uh, Minor league season actually starting this week. So players will get a little bit more time, a little bit more development time. First time the minor leagues are playing since August. So that's going to that's gonna wrap up the uh, transactions, a, l- a long list of transactions for the Brewers this week. Any particular that you want to point out uh, as we go forward? No, I think that Jordan Zimmerman story is, is, is just a baseball story. Like, I mean, what other sport <laughs> would that happen? Uh, heading back over to whatever, up north in, in Wisconsin, uh, ready to hang up the cleats and all of a sudden, Brewers call him up and, and want him back. Uh, but also good to see Jacob Nottingham return. Really unfortunate for the Brewers. Of course, the injuries to Pena and Narvaez happening when they did. Uh, certainly, I mean, we talked about this before. Um, the decision to, to, to let Nottingham go um, really didn't have much of a choice um, unless one of the catchers got hurt. And then, of course, right after the day after Pena getting hurt, and then Narvaez after that. So uh, certainly would have been nice had we just been able to keep Nottingham. But, um, you know, we're just looking at some cash considerations, I guess, as a result. So not the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, busy week for the Brewers on the transaction front. Um, and certainly it's got to slow down eventually. And hopefully the Brewers can, I mean, continue to play well with all of the the volatility on their roster. And hopefully uh, once they do get Yelich, Kane, and uh, the other 95 players on the IL uh, back in the lineup, that uh, Brewers can continue to keep hitting their stride. Yeah, Yelich should be back any day. Kane also should be back any day. So that should certainly help. Anderson and Lindblom won't be out a super long time. So hopefully they can come back in probably about 10 days and stabilize the pitching staff a little bit. Lindblom's had a little bit of a rough year so far, but I think he can turn it around. But the Brewers are actually um, heading into a road trip with Philadelphia and Miami again this week. But first, we're going to recap what happened over the past week, not necessarily on the transaction front, but as far as the games go. Uh, So looking at the the Monday game against the Marlins, Corbin Burns against a young lefty by the name of Trevor Rogers, and Rogers actually outdueled Burns. Burns' streak is still alive, 49 strikeouts, no walks. He is, I think, too too short of tying the record for most strikeouts without a walk to start the year. And that was set by reliever Kenley Jansen a few years ago. But Burns only went uh, five innings and allowed four earned runs. Not his best start, but he did have a lot of just singles, ground balls, bloop singles that were just falling. There was like one or two actually well-hit balls. Uh, and he uh, – ultimately took the loss for it. He's two and two with a one, five, three ERA right now. Doesn't seem fair. Trevor Rogers pitched really well for the Marlins. I like Rogers a lot. I've been watching his starts, even when he's not pitching against the Brewers. I love watching him pitch and he pitched really well against the Brewers. Brewers fell in that one, eight, nothing came back on Tuesday and took the game five, four, um, Adrian Hauser started that game and pitched reasonably well, five and two thirds, three runs, seven strikeouts. And, after Shooter allowed one run in an inning, turned it over to Fire Eisen, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, shut the door. Uh, seems like that's kind of the uh, now the seven, eight, nine, pretty consistently there, locking down ball games at the end of the game, especially when the Brewers have uh, a close lead, like a one or two run lead. 
And then lastly, the rubber match of the series. Brewers fell 6-2 to two against the Marlins. Zach Godley, th- three innings, three earned runs. But the storyline of his outing really was that botched call by Marty Foster at first base called interference on Godley for supposedly being in the baseline. A terrible call. It's, it's one of the worst calls I've seen in a long time. And he just kind of involved himself in the play when he didn't need to. It's one thing, even if it should have been an interference call uh, and they didn't call it, but they went the reverse. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on that call other than maybe that it was bad? Yeah, it certainly was bad. Uh, you could definitely put it that way. I, I saw the replay and was, was wondering what I missed. I, I honestly thought there's got to be some, something here that I'm not seeing in the angle or there's got to be some nuanced rule that I didn't know about of a pitcher doing something. And I mean, after watching it a couple of times, I'm like, I'm not really sure what he was thinking. Uh, just, you know, umpires are humans and you just dock it up as a, a bad call that happens with umpires being human. Uh, like you said, I definitely would come from the camp that, you know, if you're going to call a, a, an interference like that, certainly err on the side of not calling anything and letting the players play. Um, but but that one just was not even close um, and just very unfortunate, especially for Godley, um, a, a younger guy trying to get his footing. Um, tough to have that up against him in his first Brewers start, uh, of course, then ultimately also having to leave after three innings. Um, but overall, kind of an underwhelming series. Of course, Brewers hoping to take two out of three. Um, like you mentioned in the first game, Corbin Burns didn't necessarily, I mean, you could say he kind of got hit around. Um, but like you said, a lot of singles, um, just stringing hits together, which, you know, it just happens. Um, he's not going to continue um, to always go out there and throw six scoreless. So, you know, that, that is going to happen. And, and, and finally, um, you talked about the Brewers 7-8-9, Fire Eyes and Williams Hater. We've talked about this already previously about Hater getting that more traditional closer role and Fire Eyes and stepping up big. Uh, I think he's played a, a, a pretty pivotal, pivotal role in the Brewers' success, especially without Justin Topa and some of those other bullpen arms, even Brent Suter not pitching quite as well, um, especially earlier in the year. Uh, but it's been good to see Fire Eisen pitching well and Devin Williams hopefully hitting his stride as well. Like I said, Brewers, of course, falling two out of three uh, to the Marlins, but really followed up very strongly, four-game set uh, with the Dodgers coming to town and hoping to at least take two of those games. In that first game, facing a very formidable arm in Trevor Bauer and Brewers throwing out uh, – Eric Lauer, who has uh, has had quite an unimpressive Brewers career thus far, but for, for some apparent reason, he likes to pitch against the Dodgers. I think he's about the only pitcher in all of baseball uh, who's had really, really good success against the Dodgers and continued that in game one, throwing five scoreless innings. And then, like we talked about, handing it off to Brad Boxberger, J.P. Fireisen, Devin Williams, and finally Josh Hader. Uh, Brewers able to take that one two to one, a uh, good close game. Any thoughts that you have there on the first game of the Dodgers series? I thought it was a very typical Brewers game, five shutout innings by the starting pitcher and then pretty good work by the bullpen and a two run shot was what carried them to the win. Seemed kind of fitting for the Brewers, pretty dependent on the long ball and they did that in that game. Yeah, I, I agree. And it in Brewers Dodgers 2-1 ball game coming down to the Brewers bullpen just feels like feels like the playoffs already. Uh which, you know, Friday really similar game as well. I was able to attend that one over at American Family Field. Freddie Peralta uh, took a little bit of time to get his grounding early in the game, uh, was kind of struggling with the strike zone. I know I was kind of joking around watching his balls and strikes. I know at one point, I believe he had 22 balls and 20 strikes into the game, um, but yet to allow a run. So yeah, I mean, a lot of high pitch counts at bats that he had. 
like I said, just kind of struggled to get his footing. Um, Dodgers did make a little bit of noise early, but ultimately was, weren't able to score um, until the solo shot off of Freddie. And Freddie ultimately going six innings, one run. He was pretty efficient after that. Uh, seven strikeouts from him. And then Boxberger, FireEyes, and Hader. So again, Brewers back into the bullpen. Josh Hader striking out the side in the ninth. Yeah, Hader looked amazing. Uh, he pulled out the changeup in that. I think it was a Turner at bat uh, to get him looking. I don't know if I've seen him throw a changeup all year. Maybe even, I mean, I can't even remember him throwing a changeup earlier in his major league career. It was a nice changeup. Turner battled. Uh, it was a really impressive inning and struck out the side like you had mentioned. Yeah, he looked he looked really good. Not only the changeup there at the end of the game, um, but he was facing the top of the order, Chris Taylor, Corey Seager, Justin Turner. But he was also going to the slider early in counts. Just had much more confidence in that slider, which at times is a little bit unpredictable. Um, and he looked better than anybody out there. Um, fun to see him shut the door and just a fun game to see, especially with that uh, 12-year-old Dodger fan screaming in my ear all game behind me. Uh, that was fun to see the Brewers take game two on Friday. And Brewers followed it up with another one-run victory on Saturday. Um, Brandon Woodruff throwing a solid six innings, two runs. Uh, we didn't see uh, we didn't see the Brewers' typical Fire Eisen, Williams, Hater seven, eight, nine, um, but we did see Suter in the seventh, Williams in the eighth, Hater in the ninth, then Drew Rasmussen coming in, um, and the Brewers giving up some runs in the extras, um, but able to come back and take that one. David, you were talking about this game a little bit beforehand. I'll let you. Uh, break down those final couple innings. Yeah, Brewers uh, fell behind in the top of the 11th, 5-3, to three, and it seemed like they weren't going to be able to overcome that. Um, I forget what his first name is, but Vesia, a lefty, he's young, young reliever, and he was pitching actually both the 10th and the 11th inning. And the Brewers, I believe, tied it up in the 10th to keep the game going. But at the 11th, Luke Maley leadoff walks. Now they got first and second. And the pitcher spot comes up. The only guy left to bring in Mario Feliciano, 22-year-old rookie making his major league debut, battled. I think it was a seven or eight pitch walk that he drew. Outstanding at bat. Uh, that was really fun to watch. I was extremely excited when that happened. Bases loaded. Bring in Mitch White, reliever that had pitched the previous day. Wong hits a sack fly. Run scores. So now it's 5-4. And we got first and third. Hero with one of the worst at-bats that I've seen in a long time. First pitch fastball, right down the middle, takes it. Swings and misses at, at a slider down and away. And then a hanging slider right over the plate and just swings right through it. Uh, he hasn't looked good. And I think it's a legitimate possibility we might see him be optioned down to Nashville, actually, in the next week. Especially with Yelich and Kane coming back and the rest of the offense performing pretty well. But after here, two outs, Avisail Garcia, 1-2 count. Hits a base hit just past uh, or just into left field. Maley scores, ties the game. That was a huge play. And then Travis Shaw comes up and ends it on an 0-2 pitch. Hits a single to bets. Feliciano scores his major league debut, scores the run, the winning run, and Brewers take that game. It was such an exciting game uh, from start to finish, but especially that ending. That was one of the better endings that you'll see. It reminded me a little bit of that 15-inning uh, game a few years ago. Eric Kratz, I think, hit a walk-off single or a game-tying single. Arcia maybe in there. Um, that was that was what it kind of reminded me of. It was an excellent game, excellent ending. And one of those games that you remember at the end of the year saying, that was one of the most important games of the year. That was one of the most fun games of the year. I think that really kind of showed that the Brewers are going to fight from start to finish uh, they're a really fun team to watch. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's one of those statement victories. Um, you know, Dodgers probably had kind of written off the Brewers um, down to uh, going in there. And uh, like you said, huge at-bats. Um, I mean, mainly taking that first walk, but Feliciano, big, big walk. I mean, that's a lot to ask for from, a like you said, 22-year-old rookie. Um, and in some ways, I think that that walk is actually a better showing uh, or first at-bat than even a single because it, it, it shows a lot of co cool, calm, and collection in, in a big moment. Um, like you said, putting up a great at-bat, setting the table for the Brewers. Hira, yeah, uh, I, I, like you said, I, I think we talked about how, you know, still time for Hira, still time for Hira. I think that leash is, is shortening. Um, and like you said, with all the players that may be due to come back, uh, it's hard to continue to justify putting his bat out there uh, with the way that he's been performing this year as well as last year. So maybe it's time to just send him down, just to let him take some time, try to figure some things out, make some adjustments, um, as all players have to do occasionally, and uh, see what he's able to to do. So at the end of the day, great win in game three. Um, Brewers, I'm sure, very happy with winning those first, first three games of the series. And then Alec Bettinger, Bettinger um, sent out for his major league debut in game four, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, did not go uh, like he had planned, giving up five runs in the first and four in the second. Uh, two grand slams, so that'll that'll get you pretty quick. Um, and and again, as you mentioned, Jacob Nottingham, just about the only bright spot with two home runs in his return to the Brewers. Uh, so likely going to see him a little bit more until uh, Pena and Narvaez um, are healthy again. But not much to say here. Brewers falling this one 16-4. to four. Uh, You know, one of those games you talked about it earlier. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, or even maybe before we turned on the mics here, uh, with the Brewers always seem like they have a, a bad run differential or the run differential doesn't represent what the record should be because they win so many of these one-run games throwing Fire Eyes and Williams and Hayter, and then they have a blow-up game like that. But at the end of the day, all that matters is Brewers are atop the NL Central, 17 and 11. Cardinals have been playing well as of late as well. They've won eight of their last 10 and are 16 and 12, just a game behind. So Brewers and Cardinals are already off to the races here in the NL Central. Brewers have to be very happy with how they're positioned, though, uh, with already 17 wins here uh, on April 3rd. Yeah, this might be a bold take, but the Brewers might be the best team in the National League right now. I don't know if they have the best roster in the National League, but to show that they can really play without their star guys. I mean, they're missing Burns, they're missing Yelich, Kane. We've established how many guys they have that are injured. I mean, look at the starting lineups they're running out. They've got McKinney in left, Taylor in center, Garcia in right, uh, or maybe Bradley in there too. Um, Hura hasn't really hit at all. Urias has picked up some of the offense at short. Shaw with some really clutch hitting. Uh, even Mario Feliciano getting some playing time. Luke Maley, even Nottingham is right now the starter. And yet the Brewers are 17 and 11, tied for the best record in the National League. They swept the Padres last week, took two out of three from the Cubs. Of course, they only won one out of three from the Marlins, but then taking three out of four from the Dodgers. Uh, the Brewers are probably going to be ranked like eighth in the MLB.com power rankings that are coming out uh, weekly. They're probably going to put like the Dodgers in front of them and the Padres, and they're going to talk about the Dodgers run differential against the Brewers this weekend or something like that. But I really think that right now, the way that they're playing, the Brewers are the best team in the National League. Yeah, and I think their record also shows that, like you said, tied atop the National League with the Giants here and actually tied atop Major Leagues with the Giants at 17-11, at least at this point at 8 o'clock here on Sunday night as we record this. You know, nothing short of impressive so far for the Brewers' start. And taking a look at the Brewers' um, standing so far in April – 
uh, a surprising nine and three record on the road. Um, so Brewers playing very well um, on the road and we'll see if that can continue as well going into May uh, as well. Yeah, and looking ahead at this week, they play the Phillies, who are sitting at about 500 right now, four games set in Philadelphia, and then they go to Miami to play the Marlins. Of course, we saw them last week. Hopefully, we don't see Trevor Rogers. Uh, I Actually, now that I think about it, I think we will see Trevor Rogers again on Friday, um, and he pitched really well, of course, against the Brewers last time out. Um, but we actually, actually, I think we might see the same pitchers, and we might see uh, Rogers. Castano and Alcantara, but the Brewers can certainly beat the Marlins. They're a beatable team, uh, and hopefully the Brewers can at least take four out of seven against the Phillies and Marlins on the road. They're actually nine and three on the road this year, so they've fared pretty well uh, out there. Uh, certainly two beatable teams. Hopefully the Brewers can continue this streak going. They're probably going to get Yelich back, Kane back, and Pena all this week, so that should be a big boost to the roster as a whole. Uh, we'll see how that uh, plays into uh, them winning games. And, I mean, you, you would expect that it would help. Uh, hopefully it does. And I'm excited to see what the Brewers can do this week if they'll be able to continue their stretch. But certainly capping off April with some outstanding baseball and a really good month overall, even despite all the injuries. Yeah, that last sentence, I think, caps it off right there. Really good April despite all the injuries. Uh, one thing we did forget to mention, kind of a small note, but on Friday, Jackie Bradley Jr., did hit his 100th career home run. So kind of a small milestone for JBJ there uh, on Friday against the Dodgers, but uh, did want to also uh, second what you said. Um, I'm just excited to see Christian Yelich back. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen Yelich and he's just a fun player to watch. Um, and of course should help the Brewers tremendously in the middle of the order so that uh, we don't have uh, all of a sudden I look up on Friday and Luke Maley's in the three hole. Um, so yeah, excited to see a, a more recognizable name in Christian Yelich there. So, David, your final thoughts before we head out today? Yeah, the Brewers have the most players on the injured list currently at 16. They've actually already used 40 players this year. Uh, so that's the most in the majors. Actually, maybe maybe 41 uh, now that I think about it with Nottingham making a season debut on Sunday, in addition to Bettinger and Zimmerman and Feliciano the day before. Now with guys like Yelich or Kane coming back, having a guy like Taylor or McKinney just slide into the bench, we know that they can produce at the major league level on this Brewers team. And I think that's going to be important, especially later in the year, uh, looking at maybe a postseason contending team. Uh, so I think that's been really important and that's been good to see. Happy to see the, the young guys producing uh, some of the less heralded names and excited to see what they can do forward, uh, but also excited to get guys like Yelich and Kane back into the lineup every day. Absolutely. I think David Stearns proved his worth once again. Uh, Got to be happy with what he did for the Brewers roster. And yeah, not a lot of rosters would be able to handle the, the volume of injuries the Brewers have seen. Certainly happy to see Christian Yalich, Lorenzo Cain, some of those big bats returning and hopefully Brewers continue to keep it going. So hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. As always, happy to connect with you on our social media. And as always, go Brewers. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you would rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love if you would be willing to support our podcast financially. And you can find the link to do that down below in the episode notes through the Anchor app. Be sure to check out our blog at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com where you can find great articles and content there. And interact with us at Brewers Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. 
Thanks for listening and see you next week.